Choosing a research question. A popular question posed by many prospective and current doctoral students is how do I know what I want to study? More specifically, identifying a problem and population for consideration. The primary objective of a doctoral program is to finish. However, it is important to study something that you can tolerate for an extended period of time as you will be spending a lot of time with this topic. In formulating an evidence-based practice uh, scholarly project, you're going to be asked to um, articulate your framework using the PICO mnemonic. Problem, intervention, comparison, outcome, and if you use time, then PICOT. The idea of what to study should come from your years of practice so that you will have knowledge of the problems and need of a solution beyond the theoretical realm. As you spend time in a field, you will realize what the priority problems are, and you will also realize why they have been or not been addressed to date. You will also understand if the way they were addressed was sufficient. Identifying a focus of study can be challenging. However, reviewing the literature of a particular field coupled with your clinical experience a good question can be formulated to serve as the foundation for your proposal. I would encourage you to consider your daily practice and reflect on why you do or do not do the things that you do or do not do. Then ask yourself, are the things I do or do not do based on evidence or are they merely based on his eminence? Another place to come up with a question other than reviewing the research literature is to look at your professional organization's position statements or conference themes, or look at sentinel events that may have occurred in your workplace or that you may have heard about. Perhaps you've heard of the development of a new disease or cluster syndrome, or perhaps there's a new way to monitor an existing disease process. Uh, perhaps there's a legislative agenda item that you feel uh, you could be attached to for a while. Once you identify a topic, your goal is to find out what is already known about the topic. Essentially, you need to identify the state of the science, which is a good place to write up an article. A state of the science article can be done in the form of a systematic review or a meta-analysis. Just to give you an example, you can do a brief literature search through the American Association of Critical Care Nurses conference brochures. For a while, they used to run a conference session called Sacrificing the Sacred Cows, one, two, three, etc. And what they would do is go through and talk about all these traditional practices that we do that we should no longer do. The most one that common one that comes to mind, I can't believe we're still talking about this, is saline lavage for endotracheal suctioning, right? That used to be the sacred cow, and it has since been sacrificed. There are many things you can investigate. Essentially, uh, what you're doing is challenging some of the things you took for granted and did based on tradition. Uh, for example, when you say things like routine vital signs or turning protocol or central line dressing changes, how do we know that what we're prescribing is the right way to do it? As you read through and critique the literature, you may notice gaps in the knowledge. And specifically, in translating uh, research into practice, there will be gaps in the translational knowledge. Realize this DNP degree is a practice doctorate, so your focus is on the implementation of established research, not the development of new knowledge.
and you will find that much of established research ever sees the light of day because very little emphasis is put on the process of implementation. Another thing to consider is in the advent age of technology where everything is assigned a numerical code and can be quantified uh, and quality assurance being the hot topic it thought to be, there are many projects that can be picked out of this domain as well. If you've been in healthcare long enough, you soon realize that nobody is happy with their electronic health record. Many of the complaints revolve around the health record not capturing the actual activities of the clinician or the needs of the patient. Another area of interest may include the implementation of an electronic health record. Many bricks and mortar practices do not yet have electronic health records and um, it might be worth looking as to why. Um, Another popular subject to study is the world of personalized medicine, specifically genetics and genomics, and perhaps the use of this technology. It exists, it's paid for, but nobody seems to be using it. Why? Um, or what would it take or what stands in the way? When I ask the question why in evidence-based practice, it's not that I'm looking for new knowledge. Why is another way of saying what are the barriers preventing the implementation of the research? Other things to consider, infectious disease, superbugs, more and more antibiotic resistance as we hand out hand sanitizer on every corner. Where did this practice come from? Major events can also serve as an impetus for an evidence-based practice project, such as uh, inpatient suicides or maternal mortality in the postpartum period. How about hospital recidivism? These are just a few examples. And the pop media likes to stoke these flames. The Affordable Care Act legislatively is here to stay, so love it or hate it, it will pose new challenges in the health care delivery. More and more patients will access care and further tax the already burdened system. Uh, what will be an evidence-based response to an increased demand for health care services across every specialty? When constructing a good problem statement, it is essential to take into account what is the background and significance of this problem. That is to say, how did we get here and why is it still a problem? And also, how big of a problem is this really and to whom is this a problem? Is it for the patients, the provider, the healthcare system, the bureaucrat? You need to identify key stakeholders early on as it will help you reduce many of your implementation barriers as you proceed. It's essential to find out who else has a vested interest in seeing this successful project completed, as well as who has a vested interest in opposing this project. In constructing the project, you want to keep in mind what is the purpose, objective, and aim. You want to keep in mind how will you clearly articulate each of these. It does not have to be poetic. It can be as simple as the purpose of this study is. The main outcomes are your research question is essentially an interrogative that brings out uh, the studies specifically. It allows you to formulate a hypothesis and it should contain an independent and a dependent variable. You are looking to interrogate your proposal. The research question is often a restatement of the purpose, but in question format. Sometimes the purpose can be so grand that it may require more than one research question for explication. A few words on selecting a hypothesis. 
uh, it can be one of three things, either directional, non-directional, um, or null. A directional hypothesis not only predicts the relationship between one or more variables, but it also states the direction of that relationship. For example, the more I eat, the fatter I get. In contrast to a non-directional hypothesis, this does not predict direction of a relationship. For example, seeking health care from a same-sex provider creates outcomes different than seeking health care from an opposite-sex provider. This is a non-directional because the word different is used. It does not indicate better or worse outcomes. An, uh, a null hypothesis is a statistical hypothesis that the statement predicts there will be no relationship between the variables. For example, uh, the null hypothesis is uh, derived after statistical analysis. So what's an example? An example of a null would be, there is no difference in the clinical outcomes in patients who receive care from a same-sex provider than an opposite-sex provider. And so you would say, there is evidence to support the null, or the evidence does not support the null in your conclusion. That's a null hypothesis. More commonly done in quantitative, numerically heavy studies, uh, that will not be applicable to an evidence-based practice change. And then finally, a word on some variables. The dependent variable is known as the observed outcome, and the independent variable is thought to cause the dependent variable. The dependent variable values would depend on the independent variable. So they can be classified according to scale, and they can range from nominal to ordinal to interval to ratio. And ideally, you want a higher level scale, such as interval or ratio, rather than nominal or ordinal. The interval and ratio scales provide more information with respect to relationship and velocity when describing the relationship between the two uh, variables. And also, um, a general rule of thumb is to treat the variable at the highest level of measurement that can be justified. So in analyzing your data, both the independent and dependent variables will determine the statistical test that needs to be performed once the number of groups in the study and the level of measurement have been determined. Certain statistical tests are only good for nominal, ordinal, and then others are better for ratio and interval. So that's why it's important to have everything pre-selected, and that will tell you the type of analysis you can conduct. Hope you find this helpful.